Hi there, this is Alvin and welcome to the Kickstart Commerce Podcast, where we share search marketing and domain investing strategies to help grow your business. In today's episode, our guest is Kristen Anderson, founder and CEO of Catch, a technology startup combining savings, investment, and insurance for those without access to employer benefits. Today, Kristen and I dive into the details and the story behind how she caught the vision to birth Catch, the decision-making process to brand Catch using .co versus .com, the overall impact of a non.com digital presence, and last but not least, how Catch is serving people in general as well as helping those of us greatly impacted by COVID-19, also known as the novel coronavirus. So with that, Kristen, welcome, and thank you for making time to join us today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, certainly. So Kristen, before we dive into the details, allow me a moment to catch, no pun intended, everyone up on how we cross paths. And so roughly, So at the time of this recording, we're at the end of April, but about a couple months ago, which seems like years ago because of COVID, um, back in February, I was on my way back to the office to record another domain investor for this very podcast. And so on the way back, um, a billboard caught my eye, to say the least. Um, And it said catch.co, obviously being the domain investor that I am, I made a block, came back. Uh, took a, a picture, snapped a, a photo of the billboard, came back, and then as as all things you know tend to work together, that very domain investor that I was interviewing is a .co domain investor, and so um, I actually put the image up on Twitter, posted it to Twitter, tagged that ver- that same domain investor as well as Catch, and Kristen responded. Um, and so it was interesting that uh, all of this works together. Now, fast forward today, and we've tried a few times to, to get um, our schedules lined up, but nothing happened. Nothing would ever come up or come into sync with one another until obviously the unexpected and unfortunate um, incident of COVID happened. And so here we are today. So Kristen, uh, you know, to kick things off, let's share with our listeners uh, at a high level, you know, a bit about yourself, who you are, your personal professional background. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm Kristen Anderson. I'm the founder and CEO of a company called Catch. Uh, we provide portable benefits for freelancers, contractors, and independent workers. Um, I am based in Boston, Massachusetts, but most of the time I'm on the road. Uh, the last couple months have been a, an interesting deviation from that, the last decade of my career. Um, and I, I've done everything. I've been a professor at a university. I've worked at nonprofits. I've worked at Fortune 500 companies, um, and ultimately founding this company was sort of the um, the accumulation of all of my hopes and dreams and the chance to really build something that I thought would make a difference. Wow. Wow. And, and here's the interesting thing. So Kristen does not look a day past 21 <laughs> at, <laughs> at all, at all. And, and so she, she's definitely had the breadth of a career. And so it's just interesting. So kind of take us back you know, to what was going on at the very moment that catch was conceived. Yeah, and I, I truly can't take all the credit. Um, I have an incredible co-founder who was actually the one who lived this problem, uh, you know, a lot more than I did. He was a freelancer, um, engineer, designer, um, was building products for technology companies. And uh, he was just incredibly frustrated. 
um, and felt that all of the stuff in our lives that's fun to do, food, travel, entertainment, all of the technology around that is beautiful and elegant and easy. Um, and that all the things in our lives that we have to do, like taxes and retirement planning and health insurance is all really outdated, really hard to use, uh, very spread out. There's no good solution. And it particularly isn't oriented towards people who work on their own. Um, we tend to you know, use benefits through an employer on average, but there is a large and growing number of people who are independent, self-employed business owners or gigsters, freelancers, whatever you want to call it, um, <laughs> who don't have access to those tools. So he brought me in um, because my background included uh, experience in fintech. So I know how to work with banks, right? If the, the idea is you need to get a dollar from over here to over here, how does that actually happen? Um, and so he brought me into the team to, to really serve that role of like connecting all the dots. Um, and he leads our, our engineering and design team. And I lead sort of our partnerships, go to market and sort of overall strategy. Wow. And so how long ago was, was all of this? So, I mean, we're in 2020. So when did all this take place? Uh, he started prototyping the product in 2016. That's um, about that long ago. Oh, that's funny. Cause I feel like that's forever ago. I, I think there are all these tech <laughs> companies that come out that are like, we started last summer and we've got a million users that, you know, um, that's a funny perspective. Cause I think, um, health insurance particularly, but really finance and insurance in general are just so regulated and right. old and just really hard to navigate that we, we feel like we are just like chipping away at a, at a, a great wall of <laughs> challenges. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. So, so getting that start back in 2016. So then, uh, you know, kind of walk us through, I mean, how did you come up with the name catch? I mean, what, mm. what's the story here? <laughs> so, uh, that wasn't our first name. Um, I think a lot of folks have that, uh, experience, but, um, my co-founder was actually working on projects as a freelancer with, a. a a friend and they founded a company that they called Rio. Um, there was a lot of data science involved what they were doing. So the idea was Rio is like a river, like data flows like a river. Okay. I'm not a data science person. I have no expertise there. <laughs> uh, but that was sort of the name that, that just existed, right? It was something that they put on for projects that they were running on the side. And then as we started to, to build Catch and to actually grow Catch sort of under that umbrella of this company called Rio, um, we realized that that just, I mean, that, that wasn't who we, we were and that wasn't an intentional naming or branding process. And so a couple months before we launched, which would be sort of mid-2017, um, we, we realized that we, need to, we needed to actually like do some work <laughs> and figure out like what our identity was. Uh, and anyone who's created a brand from day zero knows that it, it is much harder than, um, than it sounds, right? We all know what great brands are. We can, we can name them, right? Brands that we think are, are incredible, like either like Allbirds or Square or, you know, these companies that you're like, yeah, they have great brands. But from, from day zero, when there is nothing that exists, putting all of the pieces together is actually a, a huge amount of work. So we started by running through a process to get a name, and the name was sort of the, the first thing. Um, and that process went horribly wrong. How <laughs> uh, so? Um, we, we, we ran it by consensus. So we had about um, probably 10 or 12 people on our team at that point. And we, we wanted everyone to feel included and feel involved. And so anyone who's ever run a team knows that like you want your team to feel autonomy and ownership and all of those wonderful things. And so we said, we're, we're all going to be a part of this. 
And so we went through this, it's this consensus driven process. And if you've ever done anything like this before, you know that consensus just means that everyone compromises and nobody's happy. Um, and so we ended up with a name, you know, like long, long list of like, well, what do you think about when you think about a safety net? And what do you think about when you think about benefits? Or, you know, we just tried to brainstorm all these ideas and we sort of narrowed it down and we came up with a name that nobody liked. Um, <laughs> nobody liked it. Nobody hated it, but nobody liked it. <laughs> um, and, what, and what was the name? Do you recall the name? Uh, Trellis. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the idea was the imagery around it was sort of like your, your building, right? Like on a trellis, a plant like grows up and it's sort of the infrastructure that's there and that's sturdy. And so you can sort of grow the financial wealth and well-being in your life on top of that. But it, it, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't right. And we all knew that it wasn't right. Um, and so my co-founder, a couple days later, he, he sent me a text at like six o'clock in the morning and he goes, what do you think of the new name? And I was like, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone from like not hating it to officially hating it. Um, and so he and I and our head of design went back to the the list of all the brainstorming we had done. And we were like, you know what, we, we need to take a second look at this. And not everybody needs to have an opinion. Um, and so the three of us ultimately like went back. We saw that the word catch had been written down. Because again, it was that brainstorm around like, what is a safety net? What does a safety net do for you? And I was like, oh, well, it catches you. Ah. Um, and so we went back and we were like, you know what? I, I think that's the name. And the name was first. And, you know, when you're trying to pick a name, a lot of people will go for the domain first. Um, but we, we were like, we, we just need to have the name and we'll figure out the, the domain from there. Because I think the test that we were trying to run and sort of how we thought about it was it needs to be something that is relatively simple to say and to hear. Um, like if you were in a crowded bar, which sounds kind of silly in coronavirus, but like if you were in a crowded bar and it's loud and there's music and someone's like, where do you work? And you're like, oh, I work all. And then like, they're like, where, where do you work? So you want it to be a word right. that was like easy to communicate across like distance and, and noise. Um, and so catch was the thing that we were like, oh, it like sticks, it like sticks in your ear. And so that was that was ultimately why we ended up picking the name. Wow! And so how did the how did the company respond once you brought it before? <laughs> that that was the great part is that you know, most of our team at that point was engineers. They didn't really care that much anyway, right? Like We're going back I, to coding. Think, yeah, they're like, okay, cool, like sounds good. Um, I think people were really receptive to it. I, I think especially you know you kind of let people sit with it for a little bit. Um, and you kind of, you try to think through like, what are all the, what are all the bad things that could happen with this name, right? Like what are the ways this could be used in ways we don't expect, which by the way, this is a total side note, but <laughs> Samsung just launched their version of AirPods. I don't know if you saw this. No. It's called Buds X. Oh, wow. <laughs> and clearly no one like said that out loud. Bug sex. <laughs> but Buds X and it's all one word and it's like, okay, okay. Uh, someone didn't, didn't run through this process with that product. So anyway, we tried to figure out what that might be. Um, and the, the worst sort of worst thing we could think of was like, what's the catch? And we actually realized that that was a really unique opportunity for us because, you know, and by the way, this has happened. People will sort of like think they're being super cute on our Facebook and be like, what's the catch, right? <laughs> and the answer is that freelancers and contractors don't get benefits. And it's a huge awesome. catch in the system, right? And you want this flexibility and freedom, but you don't have these, this access to these financial products. So anyway, it worked out for us where we were able to pull together 
um, a lot of different stories around the word that really reinforce what our brand was beyond just the word itself. And if you look up the word catch, I think there's something like 21 different definitions for it, like to catch a cold versus like to catch a criminal. Versus, so we kind of get to use a lot of those um, broader meanings in various contexts. Like you said, like, how did you catch the vision, right? There's, there's a lot of fun that we get to have with that. That is awesome. So now that you were settled on the name, so how did you go about figuring out, okay, how are we going to brand the digital presence in terms of domain extension? Yeah. Um, and we, <laughs> we knew that we didn't want certain domains um, because we are a consumer facing brand. So I think that was something that was important to us is that this is a, a website that people need to be able to say to each other. Um, you don't want to be doing anything that's so clever in the spelling that no one will ever find you. <laughs> right. um, you know, and it depends. Like, it depends on what your business is doing. For certain businesses, that works fine. But for us, it was like, this is a product that we want people to share with each other. So you need to be able to communicate it. And so it needs to be speakable. Um, so that kind of eliminated a lot of the, like, the clever endings where people do, like, the, the dot .ly's or the dot, you know, like, there's just a right. lot of stuff that, like, they're not sort of the top level domains. They're sort of more specialized. Um, Correct. They're the uh, country country code or yeah. Yeah, country code top level domains. So it, it'd be like doing uh, catch, but doing C-A-T dot mm -hmm. C-H. Right. That's right. Gotcha. Yeah. And we were like, that's just really hard to explain to people. And there's not like a general awareness of how to find things like that. And particularly since the word we picked was... Um, is a little bit difficult on SEO. Like we think we can totally own it. Again, look at companies like Square. They can totally wow. own SEO on a word that's very simple. But we were like, you know what? Starting at the beginning, SEO is going to be a little bit tougher for us, right? Because this is just a word that exists in, in lots of other contexts. So we wanted the website to be something that was like memorable and easy to search for, um, even if you weren't quite sure what it was. Um, and so we, we did that. So we... We also realized that along with it, I know this isn't quite domain, but along with that, we needed our social presence to be a little bit more defined. And so we added like mm. our social presence was catch benefits um, so that we could have like a slightly longer phrase for like how people find us on social. So if you look for catch benefits, you will find our website, even though that's not our web domain. We wanted the web domain to be short, brief, easy to communicate. So we looked at a couple different options, including like try catch, which is actually a kind of a funny coding joke. I'm not an engineer, so I don't exactly know what it is, but apparently yes. engineers think that that's kind of funny. Yeah, it is. So having a software <laughs> development background, so I'm going to jump go. in there yeah, just real do. quick to go. You typically try something and then the catch is the error. So the try is all work. Well, that's good. The catch is the error. So that that's actually pretty <laughs> clever. Try catch. Interesting. So so what else did you come up with? You had try catch and then we had, what we had try catch was was one that we thought about. Um we thought about doing more. The other thing that we didn't like about that is we didn't want people to look at our product as an experiment because we're dealing with people's money. So uh, we wanted there to be a lot of trust involved in what we do. Um catch benefits was one that we thought about, but it just sounded a little bit like older and a little bit like stodgier, not quite like a lean venture backed tech company that you could see being worth a billion dollars. Um, so that, that sort of vision of who we wanted to be was an important part of the domain. We tried, uh, we obviously tried catch.com. <laughs> that one wasn't available for us for reasons we can get into. Um, 
And yeah, I think we looked at the dot IOs and things like that, but ultimately decided that the like that using dot IO would be more distracting and and not as like useful in the communication piece. Gotcha. Now did now did you end up registering registering catchbenefits.com even though you have uh you know you have the matching uh catch benefits uh social handles, but then I guess did you wind up owning catch benefits or no? We apparently do. I wasn't sure of the answer, so I just typed it into my browser. And uh, <laughs> apparently catchbenefits.com does uh, redirect to catch.co. Safe. And had it and had it showed up available, it's like, let's register <laughs> this before we release this. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I better check. <laughs> that That's is great. awesome. So then I so in terms of catch.com, so did you try to go after making that purchase or yeah yeah what's the story there we've actually tried several times to go after that domain even even since um our initial purchase of catch.co um and who's it owned by catch.com is owned by apple um apple acquired a company in i think 2012 or 2013 that was called catch and it was um really small it was like it wasn't like a big company it was mainly like they acquired the founders right? Like it was one of those Uh, sorts of things where they were looking to bring the founders in and it was like a note taking app. So it was just like some technology to, to take notes and Apple acquired them. Um, and they got the domain in that process. And, you know, I'm not fully aware of all of the, the standards and processes that you're supposed to use as a good steward on the internet. But my understanding is you're not really supposed to sit on domains that aren't being used for seven years. Um, so we, we have an alarm set up, um, you know, in case for whatever reason, if they like let it lax, you know, like if they, if they just like let it lapse, um, we don't really think that's going to happen, but we do have that in place. We tried to reach out through a broker, um, and the, you know, the response was pretty much immediate, which was just like, Apple doesn't sell domains. The thing is Apple has so much money. Like there's no amount of money that you can buy from Apple. Right. And be like, we want catch.com. They're either going to give it to you because they want to, or like, there's no dollar amount that you can buy it for. Um, so, so that was kind of the initial take. And we were just like, you know what, we'll just go with catch.co. It was a good compromise. It was not, it was, I mean, it was a little costly, but it wasn't super costly, especially compared to some of the dot coms out there. Right. Um, and so we decided that that was a good way to just like move forward. We have since um, gotten some investors who actually worked at Apple for a very long time and who have tried to get us in. And, you know, Apple's just such a large organization. It's really hard to find the right place. Um, but that's one of those ones that I maybe, maybe they'll be listening to this podcast and somewhere out there, they will just think that what we're doing is important enough to just give that to us. So, uh, but we don't really have high hopes for that. So I guess the good news in that is that we're also not at the mercy of catch.com being a used site. Right. Right. And that's what I'd actually looked it up myself to see if it resolved and it doesn't. So, you know, to a certain extent, it's kind of one of those things of, yes, we know who owns it Mm -hmm. and they're likely not to use it in Mm -hmm. conjunction to what you're doing. Uh, which is even better. So it it does kind of make sense, I guess, in terms of, and obviously within the domain investing world, you know, most people are going to tout, oh, you need to go with .com. If you're going to build on anything, it needs to be .com. Most domain investors, um, 
yours included, own .com domains. Um, and so, you know, it's going to be .com, .com, .com within the mm -hmm. last 30 years. Now, obviously, since 2012 or so, there have been, um, you know, different different domain extensions that have come about, dot .solutions, dot .services, and the list goes on, I guess, somewhere past 1,500 different domain extensions. Now, that being said, and, and your, your given scenario here is... It's pretty unique because, like I said, mm -hmm. there is no site that is developed mm -hmm. on .com. And so it's not as if you're leaking traffic, you know, to a competitor right. and, and, you know, impacting their bottom line in a positive way and yours in a negative way. And mm -hmm. so what has been the overall impact of a non-.com digital presence? Uh, I think that the biggest challenge we've had is more around the SEO than the domain. And I, I think that because, especially because catch.com is, you know, let's assume that that was the, the first thing you would, you would try if you're like, oh, there's this company catch, what, what is their website? Um, .co is just about as close as you can get to that, right? Um, it's, it's, you know, .co is very different than a lot of the other, like even the .ios and stuff like that. Um, and so I think that in terms of the domain itself, we haven't seen a huge amount of like, impact like it, I, as far as i'm aware it serves us exactly the same as if we had dot com because because there is no dot com right like for all intents and purposes in, in our world like there is no such thing as catch.com um the challenge is when people don't necessarily know your website and they just search catch right there is a bit of a like a difficulty there but if you do that typically and obviously people get slightly different results but typically the results you see you'll see are um are seafood restaurants uh which oh, is which okay. is great uh because it's so different than us right like it's so different that nobody like is actually confused and they're like wait a minute do i do i want fish right now if they're looking for us like that's, fish that's very chips. clear <laughs> exactly uh there is a restaurant called catch in i think there's one in new york and one in la that are like high-end seafood restaurants um so yeah, so when people sort of Google it, there isn't there isn't actually that much SEO for us to come over to overcome, um, which is surprising. But I, I think that we there's probably some impact of folks who don't know the website at all ending up in this like why am I looking at seafood restaurants right now? But on average, I, I think it has been pretty minimally impactful to not have the .com. Now, do people inadvertently type .com as in, in terms of like their email address? So they're emailing yeah. you. <laughs> that happens occasionally. That does happen occasionally. Um, yeah, I, I guess one of the hard things to know is like how often does that actually happen? Right. Because um, sometimes you just, you never know. We've yeah. seen it happen a couple times with partners. What's really interesting about it is that sometimes if there's like, let's say there's three people from catch on the email, sometimes like one of them will get a .com and obviously get dropped off the thread and like nobody really notices until they're like, oh, wait a minute, six emails ago, we sent it to like dan at catch.com, which is not a thing. So um, it does happen occasionally, but it, it doesn't seem like it's been, honestly, maybe in some ways it helps cut down on spam. <laughs> ah, that is true. That is true. And so it's, a, it, it, and it is an interesting thing because, and this is one of the arguments that a, it's an age old argument, especially within the domain industry of, um, you know, companies that, that typically don't start out on the dot com, they 
you know, most often will raise a round of investment with that investment mm-hmm. round. Certain percentage is then allocated to go purchase the dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, they purchase the dot com. That's the end of the story. And, you know, or there are now I have I have witnessed um, startups that have done, you know, have have launched on a, on a non dot com yet. Mm-hmm they go purchase the .com, the matching .com, mm-hmm. and then they just stay on the non.com. And what's been most interesting is hearing about, you know, because they're able to actually see the traffic leak or the email leak mm-hmm. um, just by setting up, a, no pun intended, a catch-all address right, right, right. on that .com. Um, and so, you know, to a certain extent, though, I think you're sitting in one of the best, you know, situations, because like I said, it's a unique brand in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that being said, you know, so like, let, let's get on to just, you know, the business model um, in terms of catch. So okay. obviously, you said, you know, you're combining many things, savings, investment, mm-hmm. insurance for, you know, employer benefits. And so that's the the general aspect. But how has catch been impacted, you know, by, by COVID? Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've seen, um, we've for the business itself, this is not about humans, but for the business itself, we've seen both positive and negative effects. And that's kind of been one of the values of having a platform based approach is that not everything gets taken to zero immediately. So on the negative side, um, what we do is we, we basically process paychecks for independent workers. So let's say you're a 1099 um, and you're earning income from a number of different sources, right? You set up catch and let's say you want to set aside 25% for for taxes. Um, Every time you get paid, we set aside 25% for taxes, um, no matter what source it's coming from, whether it's from, you know, DoorDash and Uber, or it's from like a freelance gig that you've done, or it's from like a domain that you've sold, for example. and what we're seeing on that side is that people are just getting fewer paychecks, um, which is not unexpected, right? But that, that sort of impacts our business and that we're not able to, to process paychecks and to set aside um, the money for taxes because people aren't earning money right now. Um, and we've seen probably, I guess it varies depending on exactly what window you're talking about, but somewhere between you know, 30 and 40% decrease in the total number of paychecks that are going out. Um, wow. So that's, that's big. Um, and, and I think those who work in the independent workforce know um, they have been hit harder um, than traditional workers, right? One of the first things to cut is like contract work, right? That is perceived right. as like optional or luxury or whatever it is. Um, a lot of our users are, are photographers or hairstylists um, and their work has, has basically gone to zero. So that's, that's been a, a pretty challenging thing. And that's reflective of the challenges that, that individuals and families are actually going through right now on the positive side, which again, it's positive for our business. I won't make a testament to say that this is great for the country, but we sell health insurance and we sell health insurance to individuals, not companies. Right. And so what we're seeing is that as people are being laid off, they're losing employer health insurance and they need alternatives. And so we've been able to support folks who maybe for the first time ever need to understand like, what is a marketplace plan? Like what, what am I, you know, everybody's heard of, you know, Obamacare and healthcare.gov, but for a lot of people, they've just never had to think about like, when would I need that? And how would I get that? And catch offers all of the same plans that are on healthcare.gov, but you use our interface to get it, which is hopefully 
easier to use, more clear, more aesthetically pleasing, and gives you access to, to licensed agents, right? We have licensed agents on the team. Um, and so we've seen a lot of people running towards health insurance right now who otherwise might not. So we do have a financial upside on that. So it's been a very mixed bag, um, but it, it does at least feel good to feel like, hey, the reason we were building this is that we knew that people needed a better safety net. And this is really proving that thesis out. Oh, totally. I mean, because at least at the time of this recording, we're somewhere, we're sitting somewhere with what, uh, a little over 25 million people that are yeah. unemployed. Yeah. Um, and, and that number's, you know, probably growing by the second, growing by the minute as we record. Um, and, and so, you know, to a certain extent, it's kind of one of those things. Now, I come from a, um, from a background, obviously being self-employed. Now, help me understand what like a, um, ADP, so catch versus ADP. Yeah. Like if I'm trying to compare the two, where, you know, what's the, um, I guess, what's the, the proposition that, that catch offers, um, you know, when compared, you know, to ADP? Yeah. So ADP is, is made for employers, right? It's made for someone who has lots of people who, who work for them. That is where their superpower is. Um, and that that's where it should be, right? It, massive scale ADP serves company. I don't know exactly. So you'll have to look at their website, but they serve companies like Walmart, for example, like right. big companies, thousands, hundreds of thousands of employees. Um, if you're self-employed or an independent worker, particularly if you're someone who works, I'll use this word very broadly, but in the gig economy, there are lots right. of different things that are gigs, right? Musicians, whatever, but you're earning income from lots of different sources, right? And there's no software out there right now that serves you as an individual for that multitude of sources that you're making money from. And so sometimes you might get like, again, let's use a, a domain investor. You might get a large check. And then you might not make money for a while because you don't need to or, you know, whatever. Or you might make lots of little checks, right? If you're, if you're doing deliveries or music gigs or whatever it might be, you might get like lots of small checks. Right. Um, and so how do you manage your financial stability in that world? AD, ADP isn't really built for that. It's like large enterprise scale meant to make like large transactions for thousands of people at one time. We do like you as an individual have like a multitude of jobs. So it's almost like kind of flipping right. the model on its head rather than one employer, lots of employees. It's like you are one person and you have lots of like income sources. Gotcha. Um, so it's, so it's yeah. really multi micro payments. Yeah. It, it, almost. Yeah. Um, or at least making it because they, you know, in, in terms of relating it to domain investors, it's like, you're right. You have those who they could sell a domain and not you know, make it sell for a couple of months, but then there's the opposite end of the spectrum of folks who are going out and buying domains, $20, $30, but flipping mm -hmm. them for a hundred. And they're yep. doing that by the dozens. Yep. And so it's every little bit that comes in um, that they would, uh, that they, or rather we would be able to mm -hmm. utilize your service. That's right. And, um, and when those payments come in, the question is, how are you setting aside for taxes? Are you putting money towards retirement? Are you saving money for an emergency or for time off, right? And helping you create those buckets. And then also again, like get the health insurance that you need in the same place. Like the ultimate value proposition is like do all that stuff in one place so that the system can act intelligently. For example, if you're, you know, a domain investor and you're one of the, the higher end, like large sale type investors um, and you make, let's, let's say you make $75,000 a year. 
um, and you need to get health insurance and you do that and that's great. But then let's say COVID hits and people aren't buying domains. And so you say, I need to start doing some of these smaller flips, right? The 20 to $30 flipping for a hundred smaller transactions. Um, your income may be like, okay, you might be making $40,000 this year, maybe 35, right? Your income may have been dropped dramatically. Guess what? That has an impact on your health insurance. You can actually get tax credits from the government for that. And you as an individual don't necessarily know that because why would you? You shouldn't have to care. This stuff is complicated and hard. And what our goal is to say, when you have all that stuff in one place, we can help do the intelligence for you. So if you're like, okay, I'm making less money now, we can say, guess what? You now qualify for tax credits that you didn't before um, to help make those decisions in a smart way. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. So what is, so then what is Catch's uh, geographic reach? Like how far and who do you serve? We are in all 50 states. Uh, so we do financial services all over the country. And for insurance, we are in 38 states currently. So um, it's the easiest way to describe it. We are not <laughs> in California, New York, Massachusetts, even though we're based here in Boston for insurance. Uh, because a lot of those coastal blue states have much more uh, onerous insurance regulation. Uh, um, and so we are in the 38 states that are sort of most of the rest of the country. We're in Texas, we're in Florida, we're in Illinois, Indiana, the Dakotas, like most of the center of the country is, is solidly our range. Gotcha. Now, do you have plans on, you know, growing up to international, which I know that is like a whole can of worms when it comes to, you know, just the, the various regulations. Yeah. Um, so I, I've lived on four continents. I've lived on South America, Europe, uh, Asia, and North America. And I love international travel. So from like a personal perspective, I'm like, I would love that. I would love the opportunity to build this somewhere else where it's helpful. We've had people in other countries be like, oh, we need this in our country. Uh, but you're exactly right in that like the difficulty is that it, you are in completely different operating circumstances because it is dependent on government. Like in Europe, the idea that an employer would provide health insurance and retirement is like just not a part of their social understanding of how the safety net works. Um, and so the answer is not no. It's just that it, we would have to be like very thoughtful around where the country that made the most sense was, where we could hopefully get some leverage from everything that we've learned so far. Because what you really don't want to do is you don't want to go international and have it be the same as starting from zero. The hope is that you've kind of learned enough of a system to be more efficient by entering that market. Right, right. Wow. That is interesting. So then, you know, kind of here as we wrap up, obviously, I mean, what would be, you know, your advice, you know, to the 25 million people and growing that, you know, find themselves unemployed, like where should they even start um, yeah. in, in terms of just, you know, what's the next step for them um, in, yeah. in terms of just going, what do I do with my insurance? What do I do mm -hmm. about, you know, income or yeah. What can catch do for me? So in the immediate term, if you find yourself without a job, I, I think the best thing to do is to try to start to find ways to earn income again as quickly as possible. Um, and I think for a lot of folks that might be challenging your assumptions on, on what it is you do, like when someone says, what do you do? Like you've got an answer, but I think that, you know, we all, we all kind of understand the importance of having some cash flow. Um, and that as much as possible, even though it's difficult and even though mentally you might feel like, you know, what's the point, 
trying to identify like what remote roles can I look for? Um, you know, should I be delivering, you know, I can deliver meals, I can deliver groceries, like that's helping the community, right? Like entering into the essential workforce, if you're young and healthy, you know, and, and able to protect yourself is a very valuable thing you can do right now. And it can help maintain cash flow. Um, having some cash flow is really important for things like catch because we help with things like emergency savings. And you might feel like right now, I, I can't put any money towards savings, obviously. I need to spend it all on rent and, and bills and things like that. But I think one of the things that we've found is that building a savings habit is often a lot more important than like just moving, you know, $1,000 at one point into a savings account. And so I would just encourage people to something like catch can help because we work with your cash flow. Again, if you're making lots of small paychecks or even a few larger ones, we can set aside a percentage. So even if it's like 1%, putting aside a little bit of money when you're making it can make a huge difference if there's a time in the future when you're not able to make it. Certainly, On the insurance side, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, nah, just especially that that statement that you said, putting a little bit you know, aside for when it happens, because it's even, mm -hmm. even though things are, we're starting to open up a bit, right? Yeah. Um, places are starting to open back up. People are going to start moving back around, but mm -hmm. somewhere in the near future, probably the fall, it's likely stated that, hey, we could find ourselves back under lockdown again. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, between now and that time, you could be putting aside that percentage and yeah. even moving forward that, should this happen again uh, or something like it, then uh, you already have something that's there to fall back on. That's right. That's right. And then I'd add on the insurance side, if you are finding yourself without insurance, the most important thing to know is don't wait. Um, a lot of your options are time sensitive and you only have, you know, 60 days, which sounds like it's a really long time, but it's not because getting health insurance can be very complicated. And so whatever your options are, whatever, don't wait. Don't try and say like, oh, I'll think about that in a month or I'll, I'll think about that in the future. If you need insurance, try to understand what your options are as quickly as possible so that you're able to actually get through the process. Um, I'd love to say that it's like a really easy process, but it's not. Um, it's a challenge. You need like documentation and validation and all sorts of stuff around your income. And especially if you're self-employed, the process for getting self uh, health insurance is quite difficult. So just make sure you're acting with expediency. Gotcha. That makes sense. Now for what would your advice be to that person who is, um, you know, obviously your experience of, of being um, a leader, a business owner that just goes, hey, I want to start a business at this very moment. Like, mm -hmm. what should they be mindful of? So, yeah. <laughs> what are those uh, learned experiences, those yeah. learned lessons? Yeah, there's there's a lot of them. But um, I think the the number one lesson about starting a business is have constant contact with your customers. Um, and solve a real problem. If you are like a, a real problem, I think particularly in this environment where the question is like, if I need to start a business in the start of a recession or, you know, whatever, can't call it that yet, but let's be clear, that's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> Economic um, downturn. Right, right. <laughs> um, starting a business in that environment means it's just even more important that you're truly asking questions around like, 
what is what is a problem? Where is their need? And how am I solving that need? I think in the last decade, you know, you can call it a bubble or not, but there were a lot of companies that made things that were just like a little bit, for lack of a better word, fluffy. Um, you're like, maybe this is nice to have. Like maybe there are a few people who find this, you know, charming or engaging. But if you want to build a business that has the potential to be really stable and really sturdy and grow, um, look at real problems. And you know, we we took on the one that we thought was the the biggest problem we could think of, which was the financial safety net. Um, and if you do that and you stay close to your customers and you get sort of constant feedback from them, what do they need? Um, you're in a better position than most folks who start businesses. Uh, I think a lot of people and leaders, of course, you're driven by intuition, right? There's an element of like, I think there's something here, right? This whole Apple model of like, nobody right. knew they wanted an iPhone until there was an iPhone, but intuition's important, but you can't sort of operate in isolation outside of customers because ultimately your customers are going to be the ones who allow you to stay in business. Exactly. Exactly. Those are great, great, uh, great nuggets and of wisdom and insight. And so uh, the last question here. So, I mean, is there anything else you'd like to share or, you know, how can folks get in contact with you or even get started uh, yeah. using catch? Yeah. So we're catch.co. Uh, <laughs> if you <laughs> think we've said that, <laughs> uh, I I'm on Twitter at catch Kristen. Um, you can sign up on the website. <laughs> of course you can you tweet would be. at me. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy to talk again, especially to users and, and our customers. I, I realize I haven't talked to enough of our customers lately. That's like something I'm trying to do more of. Um, and yeah, feel free. If you have questions again, Twitter is, is, is an easy way to reach out. Um, and our website has an amazing support team, um, that are available through that. Um, and we're, we're always happy to hear what people need, uh, how we can be more helpful, and particularly the challenges of independent work, um, because people's experiences are very different. So it's always, it's always great for us to get feedback. Certainly. Certainly. So, you know, listeners, do reach out to, uh, to Kristen as well, or, or catch Kristen as well. Um, and so with that, we're out of time. So Kristen, thank you again for joining us today and sharing your entrepreneurial and your domain buying journey. Thanks so much. And thank you listeners for tuning in to Kickstart Commerce, where we share search marketing and domain name strategies to help grow your business. Please subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or Podbean. Last but not least, please visit kickstartcommerce.com to subscribe to the newsletter sharing tips and tricks about the disciplines of digital strategy. Thanks, and that's all for now.